0: Welcome to Prince Trouba Track, Tracks and Stevie Wonder hey. Classics. Today we're going to be talking about Big Brother uh, from the album Talking Book, released on the 3rd of August 1973. On the track, it's just Stevie Wonder. Uh, it is 3 minutes 34, and joining me to be talk about today is Zachary Hoskinson. Zachary. Hey. I think, first of all, the kind of title, I, you know, to, to people, it kind of suggests immediately what it is, which is a reference to 1984. Right. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I don't know how familiar Stevie Wonder was with 1984. Um, But I think obviously, you know, the phrase um, Big Brother has kind of of all... I mean, even if you've never read the book, it's kind of in the popular... I mean, these days, because of a TV show that, you know, popular roughly 20 (laughs) years ago.
1: (laughs) Not that Big Brother.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but even in the 70s, I think, you know, 1984 was, you know, enough of a kind of important book that I think, you know, the the idea of what Big Brother was, the, the kind of the state watching over you was something that even Stevie Wonder would have kind of been familiar with. Right. But what I love in this song is the fact that Stevie Wonder refers to television as telly. <laughs> um, which is kind of I don't know it's more I I've always thought that's more of like a Britishism than like an Americanism. So. Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he was spending spending time in England at the time.
0: <laughs> I I mean I don't know or if maybe whoever I'm gonna guess somebody had read the novel of 1984 to him mm-hmm. and maybe he picked it up from some of something in that book like the kind of the reference. To-
1: it, is, it is an English. It is an English yeah. novel. I I can't remember what they called tv in in 1984 because obviously it was you know written before tv had a you know a a commonly accepted like it's at the time it's basically future technology in the in the book uh so yeah i don't remember if they call it a telly uh
0: although i mean it's worth saying that obviously the bbc was founded in 1922 and um 1984 came out in 1948 Uh, So the BBC had been around for more than 20 years. um, And obviously, I think television kind of actually preceded the BBC being founded. Um, You know, uh, John Logie Baird had kind of uh, pioneered TV in the the kind of the late 1800s. So, you know, and and kind of uh, television itself, you know, I, I mean, it wouldn't get really, really big until um over here it's it's kind of well known that the coronation of the queen in 1953 mm. was like one of the first kind of nationally televised events um you know that people kind of um watched but we we certainly had tv broadcasts way before 1948 um from the bbc so um i guess we I, at this point we would have had like the nickname of telly so i'm i'm thinking mm. that's probably okay. maybe where he picked it up from um, but okay. yeah just the kind of your, yeah. your name is big brother you say that you're watching me on the telly and also I love <laughs> one thing that I feel sometimes I forget to draw attention to just the vocal performance on this song is kind of amazing um, you know just the way he sings you know at the kind of, and also the kind of the rhythm of you know you say that you're watching me on the telly like you know seeing me go nowhere and then the kind of the return to your name is big brother you say that you're tired of me protesting like just the way that he breaks up the words it's just so kind of it's kind of beautiful um and then this kind of children dying every day it takes a very dark turn pretty quick <laughs> mm, um yeah and then this kind of this statement of my name is nobody but i can't wait to see your face inside my door <laughs> just the uh the kind of the rhythm of it uh is it's just kind of it's kind of great. Um, and, and the, the kind of also the double tracking as well in this song is is kind of I mean you know obviously a lot of times Stevie Wonder will do his own backing vocals um, but on this there's some lines where you really notice the kind of the double tracking uh, in particular because he has like the higher line over the top of the the lower vocal um mm. and it's just you know with him having perfect pitch he can obviously hit those notes without even trying um and so like the kind of uh, the way he kind of uh you know kind of uh, what's it called harmonizes with himself it's kind of amazing uh, because he he kind of he gives each performance just a slight difference so you can really kind of hear the the kind of double tracking and triple tacking going on in this song um and i just i just kind of really you know and also uh, this is this is kind of it opens with this kind of harpsichord sounding kind of like riff um, and then throughout the song, you know, there's a few times where he does the kind of the vocalizing and, it, and kind of then mimics it with the, the harmonica line. Um, so it's kind of just a, a classic Stevie Wonder harmonica and harpsichord kind of setup going on. Um, and, right. And, and, and I, I don't know, I just I, I like I really enjoy the instrumentation. I like the kind of the rhythm of the way he sings the words. Um, and then also kind of the vocal performance is, is kind of amazing in this song as well. Um, you know, and just the fact that he's playing everything you know <laughs> i feel yeah. i feel like it's it's a given that stevie wonder could do that but it's worth remembering that you know this this is one of the songs on this album where you know he's he is just literally by himself he's he's literally playing everything um you know it's it's rare actually on this album that he does that that much because um, there's a lot of people doing kind of like um, background vocals and and kind of a few people playing guitar and you know some kind of um uh you know like congas and stuff like that so there's there's kind of there's a lot of extra people on this album you know more than the last couple of albums um right but right but like big brother and and uh you know the final track on this album um and also i think uh you and i they're basically just stevie wonder with you know a ton of you know ton of kind of him doing his own background vocals but also uh, you know, a clavinet and, and and the Moog on bass and, you know, him doing a harmonica solo and his own kind of drums and percussion and everything. And all of that is kind of remarkable, if not for the fact that he also has this beautiful voice on top of it all. Uh, right. You know, so it's just, it's it's kind of it, like, even though it's just like a, a short little song, it's, it's you know, and the, the even the subject matter, I feel like even in the seventies, this whole kind of thing of people complaining about big brother, um, given that like, they have no, like, I mean, everyone's got like a rotary phone and that's pretty much it. Like the amount of technology in people's houses, um, <laughs> is, was kind of very minimal, you know, maybe people had like, uh, long lens cameras and that's pretty much it. But like, you know, the, the, kind of the, the, the kind of the, the, the prevalence of technology, uh, you know, which people kind of, you know, count as big brother these days was so mm-hmm. minimal in the seventies that it's kind of funny when you hear people complaining about it, um, in this way. Um, right you know. it was a
1: paranoid time so yeah. <laughs> I mean you know I I, I think with like COINTELPRO Pro and um, all of you know I mean a couple years after that it would it would come out that in fact uh, Nixon was you know, successfully spying on a lot of a lot of different people so the paranoia was justified but it is kind of it is kind of funny to think about when now we literally all have you know computers listening to everything we say and and, uh and and storing it somewhere i don't you know like nobody really knows somewhere in the cloud some server somewhere uh it's it's uh it it is kind of funny to look back at 70s paranoia like you know how quaint
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um obviously of course um you know uh like a year later stevie wonder would record um you know a song that would basically make nixon resign um so um (laughs) you know the, the power of stevie wonder um you know to influence the political process um, you know we take a little while to get fully envisioned but um i i, I don't know I, I kind of i kind of like like you say it's kind of a bit quaint um but uh, the 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 kind of the thing that i love is the you know the i live in the ghetto you just come to visit me around election time <laughs> which i lo- i yeah. love the way he sings that line that's just it's you know?
1: like a heart stopper of a line and i think that it's still you know This is a very early 70s, very like Nixon era song, you know, talking about children dying every day, you know, um, both relevant both to Vietnam and to, you know, the civil rights struggles. I mean, this is a song of its time, but um, lines like that, you you just come to visit me around election time is like it it could easily apply. It's timeless, uh, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, and uh, you know, in the bridge, he says, you know, I, I live in the ghetto. Someday I will move on my feet to the other side. Um, so obviously, you know, he, he wants he wants to improve his his kind of place in life. But it's, you know, he just can't he can't kind of he hasn't got the ability to do that. Um, and then when he says, you know, my name is secluded. We live in a house the size of a matchbox. Roaches live with us wall to wall. It's, it's like that's, you know, like it's very kind of vivid imagery um yeah and, and even the like i think i mean the line that kind of i mean I, I guess even today would be kind of relevant you know you've killed all our leaders which is not like a you know a 1984 reference in any way it's not like a big brother right. reference uh, but obviously refers to the kind of the deaths of malcolm x and martin luther king and um you know uh, fred hampton like there was so many so many people like so many kind of black leaders that were kind of killed Mm. um you know uh, kind of during the the kind of 60s and during the civil rights era um so this kind of this reference to you know you've killed all our leaders in a song that sounds relatively innocuous um but when you kind of get to that line you're like oh yeah like this that, that was the reality that you know stevie wonder was living with like he was Um, I don't know if you'd say he was a prominent black leader at this point, but he was certainly someone who was known, um, you know, he was probably one of the more famous kind of black musicians at the time. Right. And so I I don't know if he ever felt that he would be in like a position like, you know, kind of to be uh, maybe in danger. Um, But I would think that, you know, there might uh, let's let's face it, you know, like there are there are kind of lesser known artists who've received death threats so yeah i wouldn't have been surprised if there was a little bit of that going on in the kind of the early 70s um you know particularly under nixon um where you know maybe there was a threat to kind of some of the the lives of the more kind of prominent um you know black musicians and stuff um you know and so obviously just the kind of you know they you've killed all our leaders being like a you know on his mind um, again, like I, I, think there's something about Stevie Wonder just because he sounds so good. <laughs> I think sometimes people maybe don't realize how kind of cutting some of the lyrics are that he kind of delivers. Right. And just that <laughs> that line of "You've killed all our leaders" in the middle of this song that kind of is, you know, it, it, like the the kind of the uh, the kind of the clavinet has this nice little kind of like, um, you know, kind of constantly moving riff that it's playing, and you've got these kind of nice little bits of harmonica here and there, and then you know it kind of has like a story that I think. You know, a lot of black singers could have sung, which is, you know, I live in the ghetto and, you know, my name is nobody and all those kind of sentiments. And then when just this this kind of line of, you know, you killed all our leaders comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of what the political environment was there. Like, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, um, people were protesting for their rights it's people were dying for them. Right. You know, not not just kind of like. Um, you know, kind of people in in Birmingham or something like, you know, in in kind of marches and stuff, but actual, like the people leading the protests were being killed. Right. And, and, you know, that's got to have been like a very kind of like frightening time. Yeah. Um, And so I I can kind of understand why Stevie Wonder, you know, like he's starting out from the point of view of like this, I don't know, kind of almost like a, a kind of cutesy kind of talking about Big Brother in 1984. And then the final kind of bit kind of brings it you know kind of to reality of what's going on at the time yeah um you know where it's like i don't even have to do nothing to you because you'll cause your own country to fail <laughs> so right. it's like uh you know like the, the last kind of couple of lines in that verse are kind of very biting right um you know and then and then he has like a harmonica solo so you're like oh here's <laughs> a harmonica solo. but like you know like the the kind of the the, the message that's being delivered is is no less kind of sugarcoated than you know any other kind of protest artists around the same time and i don't think the talking book you know or like inner visions are really like protest albums um but you know songs like this and you know um obviously you know by the time you get to inner visions we've got he's mr know it all and um you know you haven't done nothing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like and obviously living for the city right you know i i think gradually like stevie wonder did kind of hone his kind of um you know kind of political messages Um, and, 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 you know, this is kind of probably one of the earliest kind of songs where he's doing that, where he's actually got like a, a political kind of message behind the song that he's singing.
1: Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's not as, it's not as famous as those later songs, but I, I think it's, it's hugely effective. And a big part of that is, um, like you mentioned this contrast between what a beautiful, melody it is he's singing and then these very these very cutting lyrics that um you know start out as a literary reference uh but but then it becomes very clear very soon that he's not really talking about uh big brother at least not the orwell (laughs) version of it and i i just think those the the two lines that mentioned earlier, I, I live in the ghetto. You just come to visit me around election time. And those two lines at the end, I don't even have to do nothing to you. You'll cause your own country to fall are, um, just masterful. Like it's, it's, it's so, uh, he really just like cuts to the quick and, um, and it's something that I think is a, is sort of, uh, not, not unique, but I think is, um, maybe something that doesn't get, said a lot. I mean, we, we know that the Nixon administration was, you know, morally bankrupt, but I, I think on, on, on top of that, he's also saying they're, they're not even competent. (laughs) You know, it's, it's like the, this is literally the, the things that you're doing are planting the seeds of your own demise of this, you know, American empire. And I think, uh, ultimately that's exactly what happened, (laughs) you know? Um, and, uh, and, and again, I think that that these ideas are, are applicable to a lot more than just, uh, the early seventies and the Nixon administration.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I certainly think obviously like the two big Nixon songs, which he did, uh, I mean, he's Mr. Know It all and you haven't done nothing. I think they pretty much apply. I said this, you know, Early on into the Trump administration, they apply, any anything that Stevie Wonder recorded about Nixon. Right. You could to just Trump. put it out now. <laughs> you don't you don't have to you don't have to change a single thing. The, the sentiment is the exact same. Uh, and in some cases, I think, you know, Nixon was known for being a liar, but he was never dumb enough to get caught in his own lies. Uh, and Stevie Wonder kind of says in a couple of songs, he's a liar. But, you know, I guess at the time you could kind of dismiss that sentiment. I don't think that's true of the current president. He's obviously a liar. Right. And, you know, so... But, yeah, and, I I mean, you know, the fact that um, You Haven't Done Nothing was released as a single and then two days later Richard Nixon resigned is just kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'm looking for Stevie Wonder to get back in the studio and release something that causes Trump to resign within a
1: couple of days. Yes. Yeah, um, please do. I you know, know, I know he doesn't, he's not as prolific <laughs> as he used to be, but we, we yeah. need you now, Stevie. Like, <laughs> yeah, go, please go back into the studio and make a president resign like you did in the seventies. Um,
0: but yeah, I don't know for me, uh, five out of five. I love this song. It's like, it's just, it's like just those kind of lines of like, I live in the ghetto and you know, you've killed all our leaders. and so, like, the the kind of the arrangement of everything is so kind of perfect and the vocals are so great and then you have on top of that the kind of cutting lyrics right um you know and I mean with any Stevie Wonder song you take take as for granted that you you know take for granted that you're going to get a great vocal and obviously you're going to get wonderful arrangements so the fact that then on top of that you know the one thing that I think people overlook a lot of times with Stevie Wonder is his kind of lyrics mm-hmm. and so in this particular case you know you've got him with this kind of kind of cutting um, you know, getting basically straight to the point and being like, look, you know, um, we have no one to look up to because you keep, anybody who rises above the parapets, you kill them. And so it's very hard to kind of, you know, have a, um, you know, a kind of community that is unified behind a leader if every single time they do something you kill them. Right. And, you know, so, and and I, I think also kind of like, even, even stuff that um, I guess, you know, maybe like wasn't kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of part of I don't know, like Stevie Wonder never struck me as anybody who was going to turn up to like, you know, a Black Panther meeting or anything like that or, um, you know, but the, the fact that he, you know, it feels like certainly, I mean, you know, the, the kind of cover of Talking Book is him. Wearing more obviously, um, you know, kind of like African clothes mm-hmm. and trying to kind of embrace his heritage. And, you know, he has like the cornrows in his hair and like and, and I think that's something that particularly over the next couple of albums became very important for him was not not just the fact that he was an accomplished musician, but that he was an accomplished black musician. And I think obviously, he, you know, he felt kind of an important part of that um, that kind of community. And I think songs like this where he's saying, you know, like, we've got no leaders because you keep killing them all. Um, I don't think he's willing to kind of step up and say, I'm going to be that person because obviously <laughs> that puts him in danger. And so, you know, I, I but I think he's 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 kind of, you know, trying to make it clear through his music, something that he'll do a lot more over the next kind of, you know, three or four albums, um, you know, that obviously he he wants to kind of, um, you know, uh, kind of be a leader for the community through his music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of a song like this is kind of one, of one of the ways that he could do that. Like, I don't think he could be out there marching, but at the very least he can p- provide, you know, some kind of music for people to rally around. Um, and obviously, you know, he, he the political message comes through a lot more in, in the next few albums, but like this is kind of, it feels like this is the start of his kind of political awareness and him trying to kind of get into that space.
1: Yeah, I, I think just in in many ways in terms of you know the the layers of the songwriting in terms of the political consciousness uh, there's this this is like a new level of maturity and um, just general artistry um, that we've seen from even these very impressive you know the like the first episode I was on was if you really love me which is a great a great song. And um this is like in a whole other universe um, it's a it's, it's' really like masterpiece level that we're talking about now um, so yeah definitely five out of five for me I think it's worth pointing out again just to just to make us all feel uh, bad about our our life cho- choices that Stevie Wonder was 22 when he when he wrote and recorded this song so <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and and like the thing is as well, it like some of it does have the kind of anger of someone in their early 20s as well. Right. Like, particularly once you get to like living for the city and, you know, from a couple of songs that are on um, Songs in the Key of Life as well. Like that, that kind of anger is, you know, it, it's only, you're only going to get it from someone who's in their 20s, basically. Like, you know, um, someone older is probably going to be a bit more complacent. Right, but, right. You know, it's going to, it takes a 22 year old to say, you've killed all our leaders. Right. Like, yeah you know you're not going to get that from kind of you know a 40 year old <laughs> you know you know they're going to be a little bit more kind of sanguine about it right whereas stevie wonder still has this kind of anger about what's happening to his community right um and you know I, I i just i it's kind of it's kind of weird because obviously you know we still have like even though we're saying five out of five there's still like he still gets better as an artist <laughs> from this point on so right. it's like it's it like, it's kind of unmatched at this point. Like, you know, anybody else could kind of just release talking book as their one album and they would be a millionaire and they would live <laughs> off that for the rest of their life. But for Stevie wonder, it's just a transitional album before him kind of moving on to be even better. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that. Uh, that's why I wanted to cover this, this kind of period of Stevie wonder, because it's just insane how good he gets, mm. Um, you know, even as we go on later.
1: So, Um, But let's go now to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug Zachary? Sure. Um, I am still uh, Darren has moved on from his from his Prince track by track project I am. I'm still in the Prince trenches uh, uh, working on my track by track uh, blog. I'm writing about all of his songs in in order, all of the ones that we can hear, that is. Uh, if you enjoy Stevie Wonder, uh, I, he and Prince, you may or may not be aware, have a lot of things in common. And um, the era that I'm working on right now, I'm in like 1999, um, the album, not the year. So like 82, uh, which is kind of Prince's equivalent to Stevie Wonder's 1972. So um, I think you will find... Things to like about what I'm doing. You can check it out at PrinceSongs.org. And for this particular project, you can find us on Twitter at Stevie Butler. Thanks, as well, for
0: being my guest here, Zach. Thank you for having me. And otherwise, goodbye. Bye.